Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. We're back, OutKick 360 live today inside of 6th and Peabody, downtown Nashville. We're in the bar area. Team USA currently leading Iran 1-0. They are in the 98th minute with nine minutes of stoppage time. So this game getting very close to the end. If U.S. holds on in this last couple minutes, they will advance the knockout stage, the round of 16. So we'll let you know when this game goes final. I'm willing to bet the crowd behind us will let you know when it goes final with uh, an eruption of applause. I'm Chad Withrow. Jonathan Hutton is here. John McClain of Gallery Sports coming up a little bit later this hour talk about all things NFL. And we will have one of our uh, great producers, Colin Warner, as soon as this game is final. He's going to join us to tell us what the knockout stage means for the United States, what's next, what's to come, and the pageantry and the... Nearly a goal by Iran that the, was uh, past the goalie, yes. and a player came in and knocked it out. Well, you got to be kidding me. Uh, yeah, we, the one thing we cannot do is allow a goal here in stoppage time in the what, 99th minute. So this is, should be it coming yeah. up here, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, we will advance. I, I think the fervor for the World Cup picks up at a different pace starting next week now as, oh, we, yeah. as we move forward into the weekend. Once the group stage is over, and especially so close, by the way, yeah. to Iran uh, with the equalizer. Um, great clutch play by the American. I'm going to ask Colin who this American player what is. What are we doing? When he comes back. Yeah, Can you imagine in, in, in the final minute in stoppage uh, time we allow that goal? Because it does feel like a sport that often when you get that one goal lead, if you're at more athletic than the other team, you can just hold on for dear life. Are they life. contemplating a penalty here? I don't know what that well. Iran certainly is contemplating a penalty. Well, we'll let you know what happens. Maybe this will be over soon. Maybe. Yeah. We'll, uh, we think it'll be over one way or the other, so we'll update you. <laughs> Big story today. Hugh Freeze in this opening press conference at Auburn. He's the man for the Tigers. And, Hutton, there was a report out yesterday that Hugh Freeze, in his contract with Auburn, was forced to relinquish control of his social media. Hugh Freeze was asked about this today. Which we've never seen before. And he said that is inaccurate, although there's probably some wisdom to it, is how he put it. America was on a breakaway, but they do not score. Still one nothing. Final couple minutes here. Um, but he disputed the report. You'll hear but then, it But then final. added that you know there may be some wisdom to doing that, is what he said, just having someone else do it. Here's my theory on this. I don't think... I think... Hugh Freeze isn't lying when he disputed. He said it's inaccurate that he relinquished control of his social media. Okay. I think what he agreed to in a contract was it's all semantics. I Hang think on. match over, Here USA wins. Team yes. USA over Iran. Uh, the journalist for Iran that came after the American player yesterday will now go home upset. Also, he has to go back to Iran, which is not a great this thing. This is success. Yes. USA moves on. Absolutely. That's a, uh, that's, that's a big-time winner 
Lots of success for the U.S. And now we need to pack this place for the, for the next match. Yeah. And we'll have Colin Warren. Colin's on his way out. Resident yeah. soccer expert uh, to tell us so all you're about thinking, this, what happened. Okay. So I'm it's thinking, half truth. I'm thinking he didn't relinquish full control of his social media. What he did was he allowed Auburn to have the controls as well. So someone okay. is monitoring it. So they can so, see his DMs. He's got a questionable DM past with reporters and others. So they can see his DMs. I mean. They can see what's going on. So basically it's a deterrent to do anything stupid. Okay. Because your bosses are watching. All that's fine. Do you really, if it's, do you really have to put in your contract? You know what this is? This is the Kyler Murray needs to study four hours a week clause. Yeah. That's what this is. Yeah. It's unneeded. Four hours means what? If, if, you, if you're worried about Hugh Freeze sliding up in DMs, he still has access to do that. So it's either going to be on the university or on, on him if he wants to do it again. So if you want to take it away, take it away. There's no half measure here. Yeah. So I don't understand why this was an issue. And I know they're denying it and it's not a big deal or whatever. Again, it's just, to me, it's just dumb. And it, it causes this this storyline that now you're looking at it going, well, they were doing everything possible to look into the background with all the checks and they're dotting every I and crossing every T and rightfully so. But this was, do you really need the password of your head coach's Twitter account? Well, and I would also say how sad is it that they probably actually need it because they're afraid they're going to get embarrassed by something he sends to someone. Yeah, but so I mean, they, did, they want control. Did this guy had like four burner phones at Ole Miss. Like, you know what else you can? Something else I thought of, and this is just the conspiracy theorist in, in me. You also, with that, have the ability to claim it was someone else and not Hugh Freeze, even if he sent it. So you can claim it was someone else with the Auburn account. Colin Warner. Colin here. Warner's here. Uh, he is our soccer aficionado uh, to the max. And okay, well, we'll slide in here. Uh, Colin, congratulations. You were on pins and needles. Congratulations to America, by the way. Uh, we win. Uh, but now we move on to It looks like sat- yeah, Saturday round of 16, Let's go. which is always the goal for the United States in a World Cup. Looks like Saturday against Netherlands because they won Group A. So big test against Netherlands. But as we, as, you, as we showed against England and today against Iran, I mean, with the young boys, the second youngest team in the Cup, that's pretty amazing. True or false, they called the Netherlands Agent Orange. At times, with their uniform, they is that do. a nickname? Yes, okay, all right, good. I, I I knew that so, part again, for the Netherlands. This is why we want you on. How good are they? They're good. I mean, it, it's it's the Dutch. So it, we're done. Dutch, Dutch style of foot. No, but not by any means. I mean, England matched up with Holland in the in the Euros of last year, the previous summer, destroyed them. So I think the Dutch like to press, and as you can see, Iran and England pressed. U.S. It's Iran, by the way. Iran, sorry. (laughs) If he's going to come at me, I'll I'll give him a Chad will fight them. So the press, we can beat the press. We have quick guys. We have the false nine up front. You saw Timothy Weah was our false nine today. We can beat that press with our speed. Dutch, they play a total style of football. I don't think we'll... How big is this because of how young this American team is to get to the round of 16 now? Huge. Does it feel like it's ahead of schedule or on schedule where they are at this point? It, it's definitely on schedule, especially after the setback of 2018, which that generation is now gone. They were a great generation of U.S. soccer players. Now this is that, you know, Belgium, 
just, they play tomorrow to see if they even qualify the round of 16. They were in their golden age, golden generation. This is the U.S.'s golden generation by far. Where does Pulisic rank in terms of global superstars in the sport? Is he considered a global superstar or has he not quite arrived on that stage yet? He's clearly the American superstar. I get that. I believe he's a global superstar. I mean, when you're on a building in Doha and your face is front and center for the United States men's national team, you play for a high-profile club in the English Premier League in Chelsea, he's a global superstar. Let's, let's also put this in perspective. Colin Warner, uh, one of our producers here at OutKick with us, uh, follows the men's national team, would send us daily updates as the uh, roster was uh, finalized, oh, yeah. headed over to Qatar. Um, this, this is, is like the, Collins' one shining moment. No, also, this is, this is perfect. But it'll, it'll happen again. You know, we'll recap what happens Saturday. Also, I'm sure there'll be a big crowd here at Sixth and Peabody. But Collins always sending us little emails, just little drops of nuggets to say, "Hey, let's talk about this today." And Hun, we never do. And now, now well, your time has arrived. Colin. So I, I'm, I'm looking for areas where I know that we're advancing. Prior to 2010. We had only made, what, three knockout stages in the World Cup? Right. And we've done that in 2010 and 2016 and now today. In 2002 as well. And 2002. Okay, so... Yep, made it all the way to the quarters. So the fact that we're back and now we've advanced, this is the, the victory that we... Everyone was hoping we would accomplish. It wasn't for certain. And now it's just icing on the cake moving forward? No, I think these guys want to go past and into the quarters. They, they're, they're, they're right. not going to have any fear against the Dutch. Which is what we did in 02, the quarterfinals. Right, right. and a handball cool. against Germany. We would have beat Germany that day if it wasn't for a handball against the German defender. But that's, that was a long time ago. But, Chad, Get you were talking about the, the, the player who actually um, stopped the ball from going into the back of the net yeah. in, in extra yeah. time. That was Walker Zimmerman. Oh, okay. Plays for National SC. National SC guy. Walker kind of redeemed himself there. He was the player who committed the the foul on Gareth Bale to get the tie. So how about that for redemption? That was uh, quite the moment because I turned around just as I'm hearing the reaction behind me in time to see. All I knew is I said, our guy who's not the goalie who can't touch it with his hands just kicked it out of the net when it looked like it was going to the net. And I saw the goalie out of the play. So big moment for him. Yeah. Big moment for you, Colin. Congratulations. Congratulations to all of America. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. But let's say this is great. They made the round of 16. You're saying they have the quarters in their sights now. Absolutely. What does that say to the world? I don't want to make too grand of a statement right now, but there's been a lot of talk about trying to gain a little bit more respect globally for the Americans. What does a win over the Netherlands and moving on do for them? Uh, that it, the, the brightest moment for the United States men's national team. I mean, the women's team, they've won three World Cups. Uh, but to a win against Holland, one of the perennial greatest teams in history of world football, to get a win against the Dutch, it would take this... You, it would take it to be beyond something I can even comprehend, to be honest with you. So they're going to play free. No pressure. And I think, I mean, I'm not going to, no prediction just yet. Will you, get, will you get emotional if they win? I get emotional. He's emotional game. now. He's an emotional guy. Good day to be uh, American emotional Ella. speaking yeah. to you. Yeah. I would be too. I do cry before every game. <laughs> Grumpy attorney on Twitter says it's still Iran. <laughs> Iran, yes. So he's still going to go with Iran. Colin, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Uh, oh, congratulations. What, when do, so when do we play Saturday? I believe it's 1030 our time, central time. 10.30 a.m. I believe. 10 or 10. So 
Yeah, yeah. You heard the open of the show. My, my contention is I feel like this is a soft opening for a World Cup because it's November, not July. Yeah. And I, I feel like now the fever pitch is really about to amp up because of what you're talking about. Knockout stages, baby. So I believe it's, um, it'll be 11 o'clock our time, central time, Saturday. But knockout stages, it's all, it's all on the line now. And again, U.S., no pressure. Young guys are going to run. They're going to run. We have world-class players on that team. So if we, play, if we play the way we played against England, do we win? Yes. I, England played. Plus a goal. Plus, yeah, <laughs> fair plus, enough. plus two. Just to be clear, they will have to score one fair, goal fair enough. Yeah, yeah. to do that. I believe we needed to score two today. It, we didn't need to. One got the job done. One got the job done. And Walker Zimmerman with a tackle in the stoppage time, 98th minute. Colin, grab yourself a beer. Uh, you deserve I it. I might just do you, that. You've earned it. Two hours. Congratulations. Yep. Congratulations. Best in the business, making it happen for us. Uh, Chad, United States. United Congratulations States. to us all, Hutton. United States media one. Iranian media zero yeah. today. I mean, it's, it's a big W. However you want to present it, for this country, it's a big W. The red, white, and blue in front of us right now, Hutton, it represents what? Victory. V for victory, and the U.S. got it done today. We're... we're giving him time to go back to the studio so we could get to John McClain in just a moment. Uh, do you um, think John McClain was watching this match? Yes. I bet he was, too. Yes. Um, we can ask John McClain about his... I feel like John probably knows a lot about international soccer. There's few things that he doesn't you know, know a lot about. So he's also married into Washington Redskins fandom. Um, I don't know how, if you're a Commanders fan, what you saw with the unveiling of the statue for Sean oh, Taylor man. was anything what you thought was respectable for a statue unveiling that they were pu- pushing as some grand unveiling for the franchise when it is nothing more than and Chad you saw that but many of our, our, our viewers and listeners have seen this it, it's not the Pat Tillman statue that I was thinking of that they were going to do for Sean Taylor uh, this is no more than it's a, it's a, wire a mannequin. mannequin. A yeah. wire mannequin that you would find in Canton for the Pro Football Hall of Fame when Derrick Henry rushes for 2,000 yards. They take his game uniform and they put it on display for two months. That's what this looks like with the Washington Commanders in honoring Sean Taylor. Could they do this any worse? Could they commander this any more commander it than up? what we've seen? I, I love the description by Daniel Snyder and the organization that this is a, quote, Permanent memorial installation. Uh, I mean, there's I, nothing permanent so about this. When I saw this, I was like, is this a hologram? Like, what makes this cool? Because there's, it just, you, you see this at the fan experience at the Super Bowl. It looks like the skeleton of the, of the robots on Westworld. Not oh, even and, the cool the robot way, part of it, like are, the, the frame of it. There are legitimate statues outside their stadium. Like, it's not like this is some, you know, grand idea uh, where you can walk around out there and, and see something for the first time. I, I was, I thought this was a joke. I really So did. much of what that organization I does thought this was is the, a joke. I thought this was the David joke. Beckham prank. You've seen this. Yeah. From Corden. Yeah. Where they're like, here's your statue and it looks awful. Right. I thought that's what this was. Turns out it's uh, Daniel Snyder's finest. Yet again. Another unintended joke from the Washington Commanders. It's terrible. Uh, it, it looks awful, no doubt about it. John McClain looks great, though, and he's going to join us probably from his basement. Not quite sure. We hope to see some wood paneling in the background. If not, maybe some trinkets in the background. 
but you will get the sound of one of his cats, his many cats. You'll hear the audio and, of that, and you'll hear John McClain talking about who's the NFL. best team right now in the league? Is it Philly? Is it Kansas City? And from John's perspective, Deshaun Watson returns to Houston this week. I don't, I don't know why I just thought of this, but I, did, have you seen the uh, – the, the video of, um, oh my gosh, and I'm blanking on his name now, NBC Sports, Jason Garrett. The video of Jason Garrett where he says the quick thing right before halftime and turns and smiles at the camera. I don't know why I thought that, but I was looking the at you tease. and I kind of turned to the camera. But there's it's a whole collection of when this happens, and then it's just Jason Garrett's face. He says... The Bengals tame King Henry and then turns to and the camera in this like fade to black, full cheesy mode, like smile seduction at the camera. The way he just looks at the camera and everybody's got close ups of it. It is unbelievable. John McClain has probably seen it. We'll ask him about that and the rest of the NFL. That's coming up. This is Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. We are back on Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Chad Withrow, Jonathan Hutton with you. We are live. We are at 6th and Peabody having a great time. U.S. men's national team, they get it done today. They beat Iran one to nothing to advance to the knockout stage, the group of 16. Uh, I was just talking here at 6th and Peabody, and the vast majority of our listening audience across the Outkick network uh, in the southeast area, uh, bad weather starting around right now all the way through the evening. Just drive safe. Hopefully we're getting you home safe. And if you're stuck, stuck in traffic, we're glad you're with us. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll talk some sports and hopefully ease your mind as you get home and to get safe and sound with what's going to be some bad weather across the southeast tonight. Yeah, definitely uh, looking out for that and uh, hoping for the best with all these uh, storm situations across the southeast. It's going to be a, a large part of the country. Yes. It's going to see some different forms of storms throughout John McClain is with us right now. He is in Houston, Texas. Gallery Sports is the website. John, welcome in. Did you watch that match for Team USA? I sure did. It was 100 minutes of, of uh, apprehension and stress and then excitement. Uh, Christian Pulisic scored that goal. He should have gotten credit for two goals, I think, and uh, based on the injury. 
and now they go around to 16 and they've been there the previous four times they've made the World Cup. And this is where it gets serious. It's been fun to watch them. It seems so weird that if they tied, they lost. And considering the poor Iranians, the report that said their families were threatened with torture, if they didn't sing the national anthem, I'm glad the USA stuck it to them. Absolutely. John McClain with us. John, I'm hoping the Texans stick it to Deshaun Watson this week. Week 13 is here. Set the scene for us. We have previewed this week all offseason when we were debating what the suspension would be. Would they settle? Uh, would the appeal go through? We, we know the storyline. He's playing. He's been cleared. He is reinstated, and he is the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Um, set the scene for us in Houston as the Browns, a bad team, go to face the worst team in the NFL with the worst team's former quarterback that didn't want to play for them that's been suspended due to all of the allegations and things that he pled to off the field. Most people in Houston don't give a rat's you know what about Deshaun Watson coming back here to play. And the reason is the Texans are so bad. Lovey Smith and his coaches are under so much pressure. People, there's so much apathy against the Texans. It's kind of taken away enthusiasm for the NFL. And the crowd, the last two crowds, there have been as many Washington fans, as many Philadelphia fans. There will be as many Cleveland fans because a lot of former Cleveland people live in Houston. And so as much as people try to make this suspenseful, I've done two talk shows in Cleveland. They're, what? There's not going to be protests outside the stadium? I said, give me a break. If there are, it'll be that Lovey Smith and offensive coordinator Pat Hamilton get fired after the Texans get embarrassed again. John, you may laugh at this. I don't even know if the NFL still does this, where they make a player from every team on the road available for the local media in the home market is are, are, is the Houston media able to talk with Watson this week at all not unless Houston media wants to get on some kind of when he does when he talks up there after Wednesday's practice uh, no they don't do those conference calls anymore uh, co- most coaches don't even do it Mike Vrabel did he's one of the few that's with the Houston media that's requested every week, but they don't put players on conference calls. And even if they did, I'll guarantee you, Mr. John Watson, they're going to talk to the Houston media. And he's already answered every possible question about his suspension, about everything, about the lawsuits, the women he's doing on two different occasions. And when he talks, I'm sure it'll be all about looking ahead. You're playing now, you're playing in Houston. The fact is, this is going to be like a joint practice for the Browns. The Texans are so bad. And it'll be like a joint practice. And they'll run the ball because that's what teams usually do against the Texans because the worst run defense in the NFL, as all Titan fans know. And they'll let Watson throw a little bit from the pocket, roll right, roll left, because they got to get him back in, in playing shape when the season starts to really count for them. In their next game, I think, against Cincinnati. John McClain, GallerySports.com, has full coverage of this. Uh, do the players even care, John, in Houston, about about this They're, game, I'm saying? Oh, they care because it's the next game. They don't want to lose. They don't want to get embarrassed. In the last two games against the uh, Commanders, 
and the Dolphins have been outscored 50 to nothing in the first half, and they ended up losing by 13 and 15. Not blowouts, but they were blown out in the first half. They have been out gained 573 yards, 36 in the first half of the last two games. Their offense has just been horrendous with Pepin calling the plays and being the new coordinator. You talk about somebody I guarantee is going to be gone after the season. It'll be him, if not before, because he's been terrible. And there's so few players that were here when Watson played in 2020. I'm going to figure it up for my next column tomorrow for gallerysports.com because there's been such a uh, revolving door over at NRG Stadium. I bet you there's not 12 or 13 players left from 2020 when he last played. There's been four head coaches. There's going to be a fifth. And uh, he's just really ugly. And I can't tell you how disappointed and disillusioned people are here watching this franchise. And the more things the Astros do well, like signing White Sox first baseman Jose Abreu, just points out the disparity between these two franchises. The worst team in the NFL versus the best team in Major League Baseball. John, 10 of Watson's accusers, there's a report out that they are going to be in attendance for this game. And Tony Busby said, you know, they want to do it just because they want to kind of show everyone, hey, we're still here. And, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're out there, right? Um, here's my question. Do you think CBS has a camera find them if they're at the game sitting together? Do you think it's addressed at all where there's going to be some level of publicity with these women that are at the game? Or do you think the NFL is going to be quick to tell any television partner to brush this aside, make mention of it, but don't hover around showing the victims or anything else going on with this game? That's a great question, Chad Lack. Considering Tony Busby does everything but pour gasoline on himself and light a fire to get attention, uh, you know he would love to have a shot of his suite with uh, uh, Watson's accusers in the suite. I'm pretty sure they're going to be booing, but I'm guessing that it'll be mentioned uh, because they have to talk about what's happened to Watson. They can't sweep it under the rug, but I'm guessing they'll address it early, maybe even pregame and then get on with the game. And a lot of times, you'll hear boos, and people may think it's Watson being booed when they're booing the Texans offense. It started on the first series of the Washington game, and if they stink it up as bad in the first half as they have in the last two, they're going to start booing as the offense is leaving the field. And if you're watching on TV and you don't know any better, you may think, wow, they're really booing Watson coming on the field. John McClain with us. You can follow him at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. John, let's transition to some other storylines, and we'll get into the MVP discussion a bit by, by sticking with the Texans, but what the Texans did in Miami this past week. It was 30 nothing at halftime, and I wanted to figure out why it was 30-15. to 15. I watched the first couple of drives of that game last night, and I see Tua Tagovailoa sacked three times on the first five dropbacks of the second half. And Mike McDaniel had to pull him out of the game for fear of being hurt because his offensive line can't protect him. How much of an issue is that for Miami, given the fact that Tua was taken out, not because of the route, because they were going to allow him to stat stuff. He was taken out because they didn't want him hurt. 
He was sacked four times. Uh, the Texans had five sacks. He was sacked another one that was not allowed because of the penalty. And he got hit a lot. His most life we've seen out of Texas defensive line in three games. And in one of the hits, bent him back very awkwardly. And I remember thinking at the time, why put him back in there? Now, your backup quarterback, Scott Thompson, seventh-round pick, a rookie who can run and throws about like one of us would. And so they were throwing anyway with Tua with that 30 to nothing lead in the second half, which I thought was bad strategy. And wisely, Mike McDaniel pulled him. Now, Tua had one touchdown pass. Didn't have one to Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle. Texans did a good job on pass defense. Problem in that game, Kyle Allen, who replaced Davis Mills as a starter, threw an interception return to the three. The defense gave up a three-yard touchdown drive and a 59-yard touchdown drive. And then there was an inter- a fumble return for a touchdown. So defense played pretty well. Gave up a lot of yards, but who cares? Fact is, they gave up one touchdown drive of 59 yards. And they got after Tonga pretty well. And boy, I'll tell you what, I'll bet you Mike McDaniel was so happy when he didn't get hurt and hit again. You know, when your team is embarrassing another team and they got a chance to be a little extra rough or maybe hit somebody after yep. the whistle, you certainly don't want that to happen to your star quarterback. So from Mike McDaniel to Mike White, 22 for 28, 315, three touchdowns for the Jets and Mike White. John, when you look at the Zach Wilson situation now where he's inactivated uh, for this game and Mike White has this type of performance, where does this leave Zach Wilson? Obviously remaining on the bench for the foreseeable future, but do you feel like this is the end for him in New York? No, because Mike White's first start, he was the first quarterback in history to throw for the 20 yards and three touchdowns, and then he came back to reality. And uh, I read a story last week, can't remember which guy wrote it, but he said everybody knows Mike White is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson right now, but Wilson's playing because he was the second overall pick. When you're the second overall pick, you don't get cut. They can't trade him. Who wants him based on the way he's played? He'll get another year. Mike White will be back next year. Flacco will probably be gone. If White can keep that job, then maybe they trade Wilson for peanuts. But they're not giving up on a second overall pick uh, because he struggled in the second year. But, boy, White sure made him look bad. Trevor Lawrence giving Jags fans a reason to get a little bit excited. A little bit of hope, a little bit of optimism on that final drive to beat Baltimore on Sunday, John. Uh, Gutsy decision by Doug Peterson to go for the two and the win, and it sort of leaves Baltimore reeling a little bit with Lamar Jackson going crazy on a fan on on social media. Uh, Interested in your reaction to the fallout from this game on both sides. First of all, Lamar Jackson ought to get off social media and quit worrying about what fans say about him and he certainly better be careful of what he tweets I can't imagine NFL's not going to find him for that uh, vulgar tweet that he had toward the fan who wasn't being disrespectful he's voicing his opinion he thinks they shouldn't pay him 250 million guaranteed move on and use money for something else I disagree with that but that division Cincinnati as you guys saw the Bengals right now 
of the best team in the AFC North, and they're just putting it together at the right time. They've overcome injuries, and they look good, but it doesn't take much to get hot. You know, maybe Cleveland wins five in a row with Watson. I doubt it because their schedule gets very difficult after they play the Texans. And remember, after the Texans game, every other team he plays is going to be outdoors and in cold or bad weather, which he has never been real good in. So I can't wait to see how he plays under those circumstances. And as far as as far as the Ravens, uh, they're pretty ordinary. And Kansas City clearly is the best team in the AFC. And uh, NFC to me is wide open, I guess. Philadelphia still is. Minnesota, you kind of lose. You lose interest in them. 49ers may be the best of all. Hot at the right time. Could be a 49ers-Eagles championship game. I'm pretty certain we're not going to see Minnesota in the NFC championship game. And I hope we don't have to see the Cowboys in the NFC championship game. Yeah, and, I mean, man, you mentioned the the East, the NFC East. Dallas-Philly on Christmas Eve could be for the division. Meanwhile, in the North... You mentioned Cincy, John, and I think Cincy's kind of in the same situation they were a year ago. I think they're going to get in the, in the postseason and surprise some people because I'm with you. I think they're the best team in the division. The problem is they're heating up, but so is their schedule because now they've got Kansas City. They just beat the Titans at their own game. They've got Kansas City coming up. Uh, they have Tampa Bay, New England, and Buffalo. And while all of those teams combined aren't really playing all that well, it's much it's a much more of a, a gauntlet look than what Baltimore's facing. They don't have a team with a winning record until they face Cincinnati the final week of the season. I think Baltimore wins the division. I think Cincinnati's the best team that you do not want to play out of the division when you're hosting them wild card weekend. Lamar Jackson, watching him this year, he hasn't done anything to merit $231 million guarantee or whatever he's is looking for. Now, he's got a chance to rally, help them win the division, do some damage in the playoffs, take advantage of that weak schedule, and quit worrying about what fans are tweeting about him. Cincinnati, as you guys know, got some huge breaks in the playoff last year, and they ended up capitalizing on them and going to the Super Bowl. Maybe they don't need breaks like they got last year, but it's going to be fun to see who is going to pressure the Chiefs. John, who's your MVP right now, and can it be Jalen Hurts? Well, it could be Jalen Hurts, but the fact is it's going to be Patrick Mahomes because he's playing better than any quarterback in the league. He's got to be, he's on the best team. He's the best player, and Hurts has done a hell of a job. You know, he runs a lot. He ran for over 100 yards in the first quarter. I'm guessing that's probably been done, but it hasn't been done in a while. And he's a tremendous weapon. They run the ball great. They're built for bad weather. And Hurts is is a great leader. He's tough. And uh, he didn't play real well when the Eagles came to Houston. It was 14-14 at halftime. He won. But I was thinking, okay, what's the big deal? Now he's showing people what the big deal is. That Cowboy game, but they could lose that Cowboy game. And uh, that's why everything is so even, especially in the NFC. My God, Todd Ball's blue clock management against Cleveland and blew that game, which, and then of course, we not to demand anything. Jeff Saturday, bad clock management, 
even McDermott had clock management issues with Philadelphia. And I, I mean, with Buffalo. And that's one thing you won't see from Grable. Grable is as smart as he'll be, and he knows what he's doing. He's not going to lose because of poor clock management. Remember how Andy Reid used to have all kinds of problems, and he was so defensive about it. Then when he won a Super Bowl, nobody talks about it again. But that can be crucial when you're jogging for playoff position and you're trying to win playoff games. John, uh, will Rodgers remain the starter until they're mathematically eliminated in Green Bay, or do you actually think they'll make a move to Jordan Love prior to the math making sense to go in that direction? I think Aaron Rodgers is going to keep playing. He's already said he's going to play Sunday. And maybe they pull him. They need to see what Jordan Love's got. I think Rodgers plus Nick another $50 million next year or something like that. Not sure what the cap ramifications would be. If they cut him, he'll be, I think, 39 years old. Let him be a free agent go somewhere else. But they have been so discombobulated. Such a disappointment this season after reaching the NFC Championship game the last two years and him being MVP. And based on what he said, now, those injuries he has, when you got a problem with a bone that's broken or fractured or, or just badly bruised, you know, it's going to affect the way you throw the football. And I never feel sorry for Aaron Rodgers because he's making $50 million. But, boy, wouldn't it be weird if next year he's playing for, like, Carolina. John, finally, Thursday night football. Buffalo heads to Foxborough. The Bills take on the Patriots. And with the recent lull, and I know the Bills have won a couple in a row here, but the recent lull, all of a sudden, they slip up again because they're already 0-2 in the division. They're on the road in the postseason at best. They're not hosting in Buffalo. They, they need to string together some wins and, and do it starting tomorrow night, or excuse me, Thursday night on a short week. It's pretty obvious to everybody who's watching them. Josh Allen is not as as great as he was last year. He's still really good. It's probably because of that uh, elbow injury. Two games ago, they ran the ball great, over 170 yards without help from him. And then they can't run it. Now, they're still good. And if they played Miami in, in Orchard Park, I'm going with Buffalo. If they play Miami in uh, Palm Beach Gardens, I'm going with Miami. And wherever they play Kansas City, which I'm guessing is Arrowhead, I'm going with the Chiefs. But they should beat the Patriots. They're better than the Patriots. But, you know, as long as Bill Belichick is overseeing the game plan and especially being embarrassed about the way they were dominated in the playoffs by the Bills and Josh Allen, I'm guessing we're going to see a superhuman defensive performance by the Patriots and the Bills will win a close game. Chad, I think right now we should just ask John what he would do. Is he taking the Frogs or is he taking K-State in the in the Big 12 championship are, are game? Are we getting chaos, John, yeah. this weekend? How should we, losing and USC losing? How should we pick this game, John? TCU's won every game for a reason. They're really good. Their quarterback, Max Duggan, has done a great job. Seems like he's been there 10 years. And uh, I've got more friends from TCU than Kansas State, so I'm saying go Frogs. What John just said, as, uh, as our friend, mutual friend of John too, Coach Mack, Dave McGinnis would say, simply Frogs. Frogs. <laughs>
That's that's the word. John McClain joins us every week. You can find his work at gallerysports.com. Always does a terrific job. John, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next week. Chad, like Jonathan, thank you guys very much. I always appreciate you having me on. Thank you. That's John McClain. Hutton, you know my motto. It's never too early to talk college hoops. No. Can't get enough of it in November. No. We love college hoops in November. That's right. I'm only saying that slightly sarcastically. He's only lying if he says NBA. There is college basketball <laughs> news, though, that does matter that we're going to hit when we come back. This is Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We are back, Outkick 360, across the Outkick Network, alongside Jonathan Hutton. I'm Chad Withrow. Mark Stoops of Kentucky telling everyone, hey, it's not all Will Levis's fault. Rich Scangarello has been fired as the offensive coordinator at Kentucky. Hutton, that's a move that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yep. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Coming off Liam Cohen a year ago, uh, they went back to the NFL tree, and it did not work for the Wildcats this year. Yeah, and it regressed. You know, yes. it, more more than just Will Levis. Um, you know, they they never were able to truly replace Wondell Robinson, which is going to be tough. But you thought you could, you, you thought Will Levis would elevate the other talent around him. They have some young speed on offense in Lexington. Could not get that on a consistent basis. Chad, uh, speaking of young talent, we've the United States advance to the 16. They we're get on it done. The knockout round. Explain what we did to Iran today. Iran's, excuse me. Well, what we did Iran. was we, we took the pitch against Iran, and yep. uh, we saw a victory in front of us, and we did what we've done many times in the past. We took it. That's what we did <laughs> as Americans. We took it. We saw it was ours, I love and it. we took it from Iran. And, and because of that, the Americans will now face the Dutch, uh, which reminds me of a funny line from, I believe it was Goldmember, about the Dutch that I now feel uh, the same way about. Um, college basketball news, Hutton. Well, hang on. Let's finish the line, though. Okay. Two things that two things that you I, don't tolerate, I, I, or no, something. Two things that I that I hate or can't stand. Those are, intolerant. are people intolerant of other people, uh, other people's cultures, and the Dutch. And the Dutch. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Terrific line. Um, the Big Twelve SEC Challenge is no more. Uh, this is all an ESPN orchestrated event. That's going away. I love it. Um, and the Big Ten, what's the other one that's going ACC. away? ACC. Big Ten ACC challenge going away because why? Well, ESPN has no rights to the Big Ten anymore moving forward. And? So now it's going to be the ACC-SEC challenge. I love this. Which I've always thought of, of conferences makes so much more sense. Now, there's going to be in the final Big 12 SEC matchup, there's going to be some good games. Texas at Tennessee this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Auburn at West Virginia. Kansas at Kentucky. So the two best matchups, they flipped. It was Tennessee at Texas a year ago, Kentucky at Kansas. They kept those two and just flip-flopped where they're going. Uh, Alabama at Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Oklahoma State, TCU, Mississippi State, Texas Tech, LSU. Some pretty good. Arkansas at at Baylor is another great one. Yes. That's going to be a good game. While you're mentioning this, uh, how about Tennessee and and Kansas? Yeah. 
I, I watched a little bit of this. I, 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 they played very well. Um, I, I like the team that Rick Barnes has right now. Again, am I going to think much about this month whenever we're dissecting, we're watching the games right here at Six of Peabody in March? No. Absolutely not. But what it will do, these games will determine where some of these teams like Tennessee will be seated Dad, come March. That's, is that's the Vescovy one difference. that much improved? No, I, I don't know. He was lights out. Yeah, he was, if he's that much improved, they are going to make a run. Here's, I get, here's what I healthy. can't quite square, though. Tennessee, without he, their leading scorer and their senior leader and leading rebounder, Josiah Jordan-James, they beat Michigan State and Gonzaga in the preseason. They have wins over Butler, USC, and Kansas. Yes. With their leading score, they lost in Nashville badly to Colorado. <laughs> Colorado's lost to Grambling. They've lost to two other bad this is what I needed they to also, talk to you. They also destroyed A&M when A&M was 24th in the country. So Colorado's a bit of a, a weird team to follow. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's odd and to then, me. I don't know. If I don't it's ever know. Happened. I don't know what to make of that. I want him to be back, but I also I mean, see that and think, what's going on? He was unbelievable behind behind the arc. I'm saying Vescovy yeah. for this, um, and I know you were talking about Josiah Jordan James. Um, I don't think we've ever seen a team go from number one to number 18 in the poll. Not that only dra- that, that dramatic of a fall for North Carolina. We have also not seen the Houston Cougars number one in the country since Five Slamma Jamma in 1983, and this week they are number one in the AP poll. In college basketball, Houston, number one in America. How many people do you think know that? Um, probably not many. This shows the sickness that I have. That I've no, that no, I no. That. I, I, yeah. I like it. I mean, I think that that's the that's what we're missing in college hoops right now. That used to be there, regardless of the time of year. You knew who the number one team of the country was. Yeah. Right. Um, not as much now. I know. I think we're getting back to that, though. I, I do. I think there are more programs that are more on an even playing field, uh, and the SEC has a lot to do with that. You know, because we were really only talking about three legitimate teams for years in the SEC. Yeah. Now we're talking about seven or eight. You know who can talk about some of these things? Yes. Dan Dockage, who is our next guest. And he can also talk Colts and explain, at least maybe explain, the end of that game last night for Jeff Saturday, where I think there was a little sabotage going on. Also, I'm going to start, start with Dan by saying how I got bumped from his radio show today. As I was oh, really? supposed to be a guest. We'll begin there. Dan Dockage is next. Don't add him.